0: Hello, hello and welcome back to another episode of Famula 1. I'm your host Jamie. I'm
1: here with my sister Jack. It is Hi, so everybody. It is so good to be back. I'm I miss you all so much. Jamie, we missed you. It was I
0: did feel like I was like, oh my gosh, this this feels weird. I'm not talking to the Famula 1,
1: Fam. It was weird just me doing it. Like me doing the intro was so weird. <laughs> we're we're back.
0: Every everything's good. My vacation was wonderful. But I'm good. To, it's good to be back.
1: We're glad to have you back.
0: And we had some some exciting stuff happen. Yeah. Austin Grand Prix.
1: In, a lot in 3 4 days. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I mean it's I guess kind of typical right with a sprint weekend you expect some of that, but more not so much sprint related news, really.
1: Yeah, a lot of chaos. Well, let's start off with, hopefully everyone was able to tune in to at least one F1 Academy race qualifier. Yes. It was so cool to watch them on like ESPN. I was like, yes, you go. I you know. did it.
0: It was. It made me really happy. I do hope a lot of people tuned in. I'm not sure, have they
1: released viewing numbers or anything yet? I haven't seen anything, but they did release their schedule for 2024, and they're going to be racing alongside F1. In 2024. So hopefully that just keeps growing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um Marta Garcia was named the first ever F1 Academy champion.
1: Congratulations.
0: Yes. Congrats. So very exciting. Um, also I don't know if you touched on this last week, I can't recall. Um, but Bianca Bustamante has was the first driver who's been named um to a a team essentially next year for um f1 academy all of the 10 formula one teams will have a driver that will run their livery um and mclaren has announced that their driver
1: will be bianca yeah i love her i follow her on instagram and on tiktok and she's hilarious and she's a joy to watch um i'm really excited about it uh she was there in her mclaren gear standing along with the McLaren team this entire weekend with Pato. Pato was there too. Yeah. So it was really fun to see both of them this weekend.
0: Yeah. Iconic. Another, another brunette to add to the lineup.
1: Uh, Yeah, that is true. (laughs) He's never getting away from those allegations that he, he loves brunettes. I mean, when is the last time he signed a non-brunette? Stoffel Van Dorn. Was Stoffel Van Dorn brunette? I don't know. We'll have to do, we'll, it's, it's been a while. We'll do an episode <laughs> just on him. <laughs> Burnett.
0: Yeah. But um, yeah, so sprint weekend. Um, not our most exciting sprint. No, to say the least. Yeah. It just feels uh, like
1: sprints this entire season. I mean, maybe I'm a little biased about guitar, but that one was exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but but that one I feel like was only exciting because there was so much, there was a lot of crashing and a lot of, you know, DNFs and things that shook things up. It wasn't the format itself that made it exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like if that was just a normal race weekend, um, it it makes me think a lot of people are coming out and saying we need to do something different because it's boring. The drivers don't care. Reverse grid. Reverse grid. Reverse grid. Um, They even talked about F1 Chiefs are rethinking sprints for to provide more, quote, excitement, including reverse grids, hopefully. Um, Like even just the top 10 or the whole grid is reversed. Or they've even mentioned a cash prize of up to a million dollars, which is crazy. It's just funny because it's like I feel
0: like F1 really doesn't talk about like money. A lot, you know, like it's just a known thing that there's so much money. It's just weird that they'd even consider yeah. something like that to me. Um, I mean, whatever, but I did see that they also aren't they also considering um just doing like an individual sprint championship? That could be cool. So that, yeah, so like be in addition to constructors and drivers championship, there would be a sprint champion, which also would be Max this year. <laughs> So I, I I don't know that that alone would really make things more exciting. I think we all know what the right call
1: is. Reverse grid. Reverse grid. Reverse grid. 100%. Carlos is behind a reverse grid. We're behind a reverse grid. How much more convincing do you need? Yeah, I mean, it's the three of us. <laughs> the three-, it's it's the three amigos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just want... I even liked last year how it decided the start for yeah. uh, the starting grid for Sunday's race. I even liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause
0: it's like, at least then there was more like stake in the game yeah. versus now it's, it's really the current format is really Friday. You do your quality Saturday is basically it's a whole own thing. And then you have the race on Sunday because nothing that happens on Saturday, unless you have like a major crash, right, that you have to fix your car for. But beyond that, nothing really affects the race.
1: Yeah. And it does take away, I think this format takes away a free practice, right? Mm-hmm. Takes away too. So, yeah. So I think, you know, that Aston Martin and Haas have both said because of, you know, they brought new packages this past weekend. They. They, they both said that they shouldn't have. They went back to their regular regular cars um, during the actual race. It, it, they couldn't tr- test anything out. You know, even Qatar, right? That was a sprint weekend and everyone, they gave them 10 extra minutes because they needed it to figure yeah. out kind of the tire situation. It's not enough. One practice I I don't think is enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I That was, I mean, when they announced this format, that was like a big thing. And then- Domenicali for recently, like I think out of nowhere, was sort of like, we don't need that many practice sessions. And it was surprising to me that certain drivers did agree. And they were like, we don't actually really need that much practice. And I think on a normal weekend, say like no major upgrades. It's a track that this driver's already been to. They probably don't need three full practice sessions. But in the case of upgrades or rookies that have never been to these tracks you do need that time. And you know, I, my thing is like, if we're going to be running these sprints, I am pro sprint race. I love a sprint weekend. I, even if it is not super exciting, like this weekend wasn't crazy exciting. um, I just like that there's more racing happening and it's fun, but I do think to pull the the audience in, there needs to be they need to
1: change it. They need it needs to be more exciting. We need reverse grids. We need reverse grids. We'll leave it at that. We need a reverse yeah. grid. Um, Max won the Grand Prix. He's part mm-hmm. of the fifty wins club. Yeah. also was very hardcore booed on the podium during the national anthems, which was not a good look for the U.S.
0: Yeah, I I will say I. Governor Greg Abbott was on the podium. Texas governor.
1: Some people did say it could be for him.
0: So I don't think all of the booing was for him. I do think partially could have been that. Um, But I do, yeah, not a great look for the U.S. Not, I understand Texas, big Checo area also, Mm -hmm. just in general, Americans love a boo. They love to have a villain um but yeah not not really the vibe at an f1 race
1: ladies and gents no (laughs) not a great look and honestly what was also shocking a lot of lando fans yeah you know maybe it was because you know there was the opportunity he was leading the race at one point um and maybe they were just like oh we're gonna see someone else win but Mm -hmm. yeah shocking amount of lando fans
0: did you see that one clip of um, it was when Lewis overtook Lando and it cut to the that group in the crowd and the ladies like all up in this McLaren fan's face like, oh, it's like this is now this is America. This is I love that.
1: Which is funny because somebody said it, I saw it on TikTok. So who knows if it's actually correct? But that's like a mother and son, I think. Iconic. And so that makes it so funny. Iconic. I mean, it's funny to begin with, but. <laughs> Yeah. So a little bit of drama around the podium. So initially it was Max 1, um, Lewis 2, Lando 3. But because of some interesting disqualifications, it is now Max 1, Lando 2, Carlos P3. Yeah. So this,
0: are we getting into this? Are we getting into this now?
1: We can get into this. Just overall, Charles and Lewis were disqualified only 4 cars were checked for this plank. Hopefully you read up on it because I've been tuning out of it. This is wild to me that only 4 cars were checked with a 50% rate of failure. does that so, make sense to me. So the the check is is in relation to the ride
0: height, right? So the higher you put the car, the slower the less downforce you will have. So it's beneficial to have a lower ride height. But there you have to have a certain amount of plank essentially and they'll measure that and if it's degraded more than they allow for then you are disqualified um there's really like not much to argue there if they measure it and it's below i think it's nine millimeters or something like there's really not much you can say um the i watched the mercedes and the ferrari team like explanations for this and essentially this is From what I gathered, another example of why less practice is not beneficial, because they were saying, like, we had our Friday practice, and essentially after that, you're in Park Ferme. So you can't make changes to the car when you're under Mm -hmm. Park Ferme conditions. You also can't monitor things like we basically, Mercedes was saying we took a chance on Ride height, where we thought it was going to be okay, and it clearly wasn't.
1: Okay. So... I mean, Max the- also did come out and say that the Coda track is very bumpy, so mm-hmm. that could be what it was from. It could be like a track issue, not necessarily a car. Yeah. Well, if you
0: look at um, pictures of the Red Bull versus pictures of the Mercedes or the Ferrari from this weekend, you can see the the back end of the Red Bull is higher. Like they mm-hmm. were running a higher ride height. Um, because of the bumpiness of the track, I would assume is, is the decision that they made there. Um, but yeah, it is crazy that, you know, they tested these four cars, they disqualified two of them and then didn't do any further testing. Because you have to assume that at least the other Ferrari and the other Mercedes would also have this, I would yeah. assume.
1: Or you'd find a higher... I feel like you would find a higher number if it is true that it is like this track issue, right? And maybe we just haven't, you can correct me. Maybe we just haven't heard of this happening because people haven't been disqualified, but is this does this happen every race or is this kind of a random check? I think there is some sort of random
0: testing at every race. Okay. I'm not, I don't know for sure if it's, they're testing this type of like the ride height, this type of thing, every race I don't. I would think that maybe they would. Um, the other thing is, people are saying like, why aren't they checking every car? Well, if they we had all of this testing on every car, then we wouldn't know about disqualifications for like days. Um, mm. But it is just insane that they disqualified fifty percent of the cars that they tested and did no further. They were like, okay. And then the teammate of one of the cars we disqualified now has a podium. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Poor Cheryl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I found this they're, from, they're, from you. I don't know from how me. you found this out. Yeah. I found out that this was happening from you. I don't know where you found it, but I found it out from when you texted me and you said that Cheryl and Lewis might be disqualified.
1: You want to know where I found it out? Where? TikTok. Oh my God. Where I get all of my information from. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was TikTok. Um, somebody was like, this... Um. I think her name's Joe. I think it's, like, Joe's Diary on TikTok. I follow her. And she was like, I'm about to go to bed, but you guys won't let me sleep. And it was, like, the green screen of the information that they might be disqualified. Oh, my God. And then I texted you. Yeah. With this disqualification, though, right, there has been changes. Carlos is now P3. Lance got moved up to P7. So he's in points. For the first time in a long time. And then Logan. (laughs) Logan got his first points. Because he's now P10. So Williams is in double points at P9 and P10, I think. Yeah.
0: So this is a true silver lining because I, once I found this out from you, similar to how you discovered this news, sprinted to TikTok to go complain. (laughs) Um, And someone commented and they were like, well, Logan's first points I was like this is a silver lining and this is what I'm going to be focusing on for the rest of this situation
1: yeah I, I mean he seems so happy and the Williams team video congratulating him was so, so sweet he did very well this weekend yeah he got through he I think he was close to making Q3 I can't remember if it was the sprint shootout or if it was regular qualifying but he was close and I mean he I think he did very well this weekend. Yeah. He, he deserves that point.
0: Um, I'm very excited for him. I'm interested to see, because, you know, James Vowles has come out and said like, we want to keep Logan. We want to see him succeed. He knows what he has to do for us to keep him. I took that to mean that he needs points. I wonder if this counts like the points because of a disqualification Yeah. So we'll have to just wait and see. I guess that I waiting with bated breath about the uh,
1: the Logan Sargent announcement. But I just I would love to see him get another shot. Feel a little bit more comfortable. The Williams car is not a bad car. Yeah. Did you
0: see this? This is like very sideline tea. But in Williams um, race report at the end. They talk about how, um, I guess, they had announced Logan as a Williams Academy driver at an Austin race a couple of years ago. Um, And then he'd had a really good race in F2 or something like that. And then this year he scored his first points. And at the end of it, like at the end of this press release, they say, excited to see what Logan does at Austin in 2024. So then everyone was like, he's coming back. But then I think they noticed that everyone said that, so then they took that part out.
1: Yeah, I think they. Does that mean he's back? Maybe. That's a whoever did that. That's really bad. Oh my
0: gosh! I that poor marketing assistant. That poor. Honestly, it was
1: probably an intern wrote it. (laughs) But someone signed off on it higher up, so Um, I've had to write a few press releases in my day and. They get thoroughly combed through. So we'll see. That's that's high pressure. It is high pressure. Especially mm-hmm. in these scenarios. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and then also just want to brag a little bit about my McLaren boys, even though Oscar did DNF, sadly. But McLaren moved up to fourth in the Constructors' Championship, beating Aston Martin after a very tough weekend for Aston Martin. So we'll see. The fight is definitely still on. They still have a good car um Alonso did DNF there was quite a few DNFs yeah
0: i i mean the the transformation that mclaren has had from beginning of this season till now is one butterfly. for the books one for the books
1: one for sure but did you see lando was saying that their chance to win a race is past The season the season yeah i should i should say he he believed that the best races for them to win would be singapore and qatar and i kind of have to agree on that
0: yeah i mean we we will see stranger things have happened right george russell won at brazil last year
1: oh my god i love i cannot wait for brazil brazil is brazil is my favorite brazil Um, is my favorite. favorite race Yes.
0: Um, also might have something to do with the fact that it's also on my birthday this year, but you know.
1: Is it? Well, yeah. We have a birthday Brazil bash. Brazil birthday brunch bash. Bash. I, it sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. Speaking of which, it is the Mexico Grand Prix week. Back to regularly yeah. scheduled programming, no sprint this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited for Mexico's always really fun too. Mexico's (laughs) high up there for me. Um, I'm also very excited to see Papa Checo.
0: Oh, my gosh. I am obsessed with him.
1: I love him.
0: I think he's my favorite F1 driver parent. Oh, without a doubt.
1: Yeah. Um, Oscar's mom coming in a close. I mean, it might be tied with Oscar's mom. (laughs) She's coming for that title. (laughs) Yeah. I'm also excited to see
0: if those rumors about Checo retiring are true, which yeah. I don't think they are. But
1: <laughs> I don't think they are either. Um, he's come out and said that he, you know, F1, I mean, F1, Red Bull will not be his last contract in F1. So we'll see. He definitely yeah. has hopes of staying. Yeah, I don't think he's retiring.
0: I, I don't, think, I don't think that's happening.
1: Don't think so.' Um, also be interesting to see with the free pra- uh, practices back if Haas and SMRN will try the upgrades again. Mm-hmm. I wonder, yeah. I don't know. Well, I would I would want them to. I Last think. bit of news, which is crazy. this I mean even crazier than I don't I might be right up there with the disqualifications. The FIA, the amazing FIA has increased the maximum fines for drivers from 250 euros to 1 million euros. So they could be fined 1 million euros for one instance. And I've tried to search and find what would be an offense that would cost a driver 1 million euros. And I haven't found anything. I think um, uh, to get up to a
0: million, I think it's like you have to like intentionally hit someone and really hurt them. I would assume But even it's just an insane amount of money for an organization that already has an insane amount of money.
1: I also want to know, what do they do with the fines? Do you know? Is it like a charity thing? Well,
0: Louis said this money, like they need to be giving this money to a cause or else they're not getting any money out of me. (laughs)
1: oh my i am so obsessed with him also happy 11th birthday roscoe happy birthday roscoe happy 11th have a cake. birthday we love you yeah it's crazy um the drivers obviously are very upset about it george russell who's like the drivers association director uh, i, I think he's president Present. president i have it somewhere in my notes um but it's like the drivers' that.
0: union. Yeah, yeah, it's like the GPDA. I think he's president.
1: He's spoken out about it and said it's this is ridiculous. Toto's spoken out about it. The best possible answer, though, came from Mr. Kevin Magnuson, saying Mack. that Charles can you know give up one of his watches, but if a driver, if he, a driver like him, got fined the million dollars that they'll, it's a career-ending situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, you think like we think about these F1 drivers and yes, they are all paid well, but most of them are making one to two to maybe $3 million a year. Still a lot of money. Yeah, But if you're getting fined a million dollars, not a lot of
1: money. Well, and you also think about, too, the costs that come with it, like the super license costs, um, all their training, their trainers, all the people mm-hmm. that are around them, flights, all that stuff. you don't, I I would, I don't know what those numbers look like after you pay for all those things. I know Max had to pay a lot of money for a super license this year. It's either this year or next year. Mm -hmm. He's paying quite a bit. It does beg the question of like, what does the team
0: cover versus what does the driver cover? Because I remember Mm -hmm. Max was going off about um, how much he had to pay for his super license. But then I believe Christian was like, no, will we pay for that? So there are certain things, but I don't, I don't, I think a driver fine is like a driver fine.
1: Yeah, I would assume so. And I also wonder too, of if if the team, you know, like a team like Red Bull, McLaren, Mercedes, they can pay for those driver super licenses, licenses. but teams like Williams, AlphaTauri, Haas, if they don't have that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, we'll see. I, I don't think
0: there are many cases in which we would see a fine go that high. Um, but it is. I like mean, you said. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It would have to be something very intense. Yeah. So we'll see. But something else that did happen this week, though, this weekend, which he skipped over, is a couple of hundred races. Mm-hmm. Group.
0: Yes. Hundredth races all around. Lots of people. Yeah. Um, so Charles Leclerc had his hundredth Grand Prix with Ferrari. Um, and then George Russell and Lando Norris, it was each of their 100th Grand Prix in Formula One.
1: Which both of them came out with incredible merch to celebrate it. Yeah. And then uh, Charles forgot.
0: So he didn't have anything. If <laughs> you <That's laughs> saw his, his announcement. He did a, he did do a special helmet. It was a football field. Um, but when he posted it, he said, um, well, I forgot this was also my 100th race with Ferrari. So this helmet doesn't really make much sense.
1: But <laughs> I hated
0: his helmet. Yeah, I thought it was okay. it was okay. Lando's helmet won won it for for me this
1: year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, Lando's was cool. Lando's um, cool. But since it's you know some anniversaries for these people, we figured it would be a good little topic to go through just a little bit about their racing backgrounds. How did they end up at their hundredth races? Hmm. So, let's jump in, shall we? Yeah. Um, So I'll start off first with um, Charles Leclerc, who had his hundredth race with Ferrari. Um, And the information that I got for this episode comes from the horse's mouth, charleclerc.com and (laughs) uh, (laughs) racingnews365.com. So Charles Leclerc began karting in 2005 and... In 2009, he was the youngest French championship winner in cadet carding. Um, the interesting thing that I'll note, and I Jackson, I split these up. So I'm curious to see what yeah. you found. Um, but I got a lot of like youngest this, youngest that. And I'm like, well, do these still hold? Because you can't all be the youngest that did this thing.
1: I was wondering that too, because George has one. And I was like, is he still though? I don't know. Yeah. I mean this is from yeah I don't know but um moving on 2010
0: um he was the youngest winner of the Monaco Karting Cup KF3 wins continue throughout 2011 where he is the youngest winner of the CIK FIA KF3 World Cup so many uh, letters so many letters <laughs> so so many letters. 2012 again. He is the CIK FIA World Champion in the under 18 division, and he is um, second in the Cikfia KF2 Championship, um, and he is also the youngest champion in the WSK Series KF2. Lots, lots of abbreviations and numbers. So many
1: abbreviations. We're, we're gonna get through this
0: together, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Um in 2013 he was second in the CIK FAA KZ World Cup and the youngest winner of the Winter Cup KZ um during this time is when he was competing against Max Verstappen. Oh so that's where we get those famous clips of just an incident. Justin Just an incident. Yes. Uh, uh, arguably uh, a gr- a top ten meme. An iconic one. an all timer. An all timer, if you will. Yeah, for sure. Um, So in 2014, he then moves two cars from karting, and he races in Formula Renault and finishes second in that championship and wins Best Rookie. Good for him. Yeah. Which this is another observation that I had um, while doing this research. I think maybe they call it Best Rookie instead of Rookie of the Year, because I saw Best Rookie several times. Oh, you did? Yeah. Because in 2015... He finishes fourth in the Formula Three Formula Three Championship and is named Best Rookie.
1: Doesn't IndyCar though also have like a weird name for their rookie of the year? Like Marcus rookie Armstrong was it was just rookie of the year. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was called something else. Rookie of the Year. Okay. Yeah, it's so weird. It's I just don't. them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe is Rookie of the Year an American thing? I didn't think it was. Best rookie. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I think, I think I'm, I'm latching on to things that don't really matter, to be honest. But. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, in 2016, he wins the GP3 series and also joins um, the Ferrari Driver Academy. He becomes a development driver for Haas and Ferrari. Um, in 2017 is his rookie year in Formula 2, and he wins the Formula 2 championship Youngest should do so at 19 years old.
1: That's crazy.
0: Um, the interesting note is um, he's was the first rookie to win the championship since Nico Hulkenberg did it in 2009.
1: Oh, my God. God.
0: Yeah, crazy. Um, and then a funny little tidbit that I don't believe is confirmed in in many ways but an interesting note about 2017 for Charles Leclerc is he was the most drug tested driver more than any other racing driver including formula one drivers because he was doing that well that they were like there's no way
1: sorry what drug like why would you need steroids for formula one i
0: don't know well he's he was f2 but yes yeah, same thing yeah. stands i don't know what drugs you would take to get better at driving maybe like oh you know it would probably would be stuff
1: that like makes you like react really fast are there drugs that do that i don't think so adhd medication
0: lock you in yeah i don't know so i don't i don't know but he um i this is also this is not like this this is i didn't find this like as fact (laughs) this was on twitter so (laughs) but Allegedly, apparently. How funny. Um, that was funny. So then we move to 2018. He has his Formula One debut with Alfa Romeo, partnering mm-hmm. IndyCar driver Marcus Erickson. Um, he scores his first points in Baku, and that makes him the second ever Monegasque driver to score points in Formula One. Um, he finishes the season with 39 points. Pretty solid. That's, that's, that's very good. Yeah, um, and then we move to 2019. This is his Ferrari debut. He's partnering Sebastian Vettel, um, and he takes his first pole ever in the second race of the season at Bahrain.
1: You go, Charles! Nice job. Mm-hmm.
0: And he becomes the youngest Ferrari driver to to take pole. Um, he also gets his first podium at Bahrain with third. And then turns it into a pretty, s- very, very solid season. Um, wins in Spa, his first ever Formula One win, a famous win. Um, and then he yeah. also wins in Monza. And again, famous win, that famous line where it's like he won in Spa, he wins in Monza. Um,
1: was the and- Monza win, was that the yellow suit? No, that's... that's later They didn't on. have the
0: yellow suits. That's um, 2022. They had yellow suits. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm way ahead. (laughs) Yeah, you're way ahead. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, But he finishes 2019 fourth in the championship um, with 10 podiums, two wins, four fastest laps, and seven pole positions.
1: You go, Charles. Nice job.
0: Solid. Um, But then we get to 2020. uh, And 2020 is a tough season for Ferrari. Callback to our. Ferrari episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but there's some glimmers. Um he is second in Austria, which is the first race of the season. Um but then, you know, with collisions, penalties, pace issues and more, um Charles Leclerc finished finishes the championship in 8th uh with 98 points while his teammate Sebastian Vettel had to settle for 13th with only 33 points. So a tough year. Yeah. Um Then we get yeah. Then we get to 2021, um, and he's now partnered by Mr. Carlos Sainz, and uh, he finishes the championship seventh with 159 points. Um, And the most one of the more notable things from this year is um, the infamous heartbreak in Monaco, where he takes pole in the race despite crashing during qualifying. He'd still set a fast enough time but in that crash he had damaged the left drive shaft in his car to the point that it was unrepairable which meant that he was not able to start the race so now charles leclerc has this was from pole he has a did not start he is dnf from pole as well and now after this past weekend he has a disqualification from pole
1: he's got the trifecta yeah it's
0: like the worst kind of infinity stunts <laughs> Literally. um Bringing us to 2022, which had a extremely promising start to the season with Charlotte Claire winning the first of fr- the first three races of the season. Um, but due to being outdeveloped, strategy errors, driver missteps um, left him second in the championship to Mr. Max Verstappen. Sad. Um, and obviously now we are in the latter point of the 2023 season been an interesting one for ferrari and poor Charles. <laughs> A bit disappointing um yeah. but you know on to the next i guess we will we will continue on
1: and that's oh. the story of mr Charles claire that's awesome i had the opportunity to deep dive on georgie russell mr george russell georgie porgy Georgie Borgie. It was actually really interesting because I knew a little bit from him. Um, Just really drive to survive. And we've talked about it before. The 2019 rookies are incredible. So, yeah. Um, So my sources were, I think, actually the same Racing News 365 (laughs) and also George Russell's website. So, George Russell, 63. (laughs) You do a very good job. It's where the facts are. It's where the facts are. So, starting at a young age, George started karting at the age of eight. In 2009, he became the MSA British Champion and the British Open Champion. In 2010, he continued to win, including the Super 1 British Championship and the Formula Kart Stars British Series. Try saying that three times fast. These, tit- these like series
0: titles in carding are crazy.
1: Well, they're all the same, but a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. And it's so annoying. <laughs> uh, he continues to win and he moved up through carding, moving through like junior carding and everything. And then was promoted to make his single seater debut in 2014. In the same year, George actually competed in the Formula Four championship, and he won the series against defending champions and his teammate by three points. So it was close, but he won. All right. In that same year, later that same year in December, George became the youngest recipient of the McLaren Autosport BRDC Award. And also in the running for that award was Alex Albon. So God. but yeah. So full circle after just one year in F4, George actually moved up to F3 and he finished third in his first year. In 2017, he signed up to be on the Mercedes young driver program and competed in the F1 support series GP3. So it is a GP3 is a little bit different than F1, but they coincide. Mm-hmm. And in the GP3 series, he got four wins, seven podiums, and four poles. So pretty good. Slay. Yeah, it was pretty good. And then he was named champion with two races left in that season. So he's also a GP3 champion. Because of how well he performed in GP3, he actually got two free practice sessions in F1 with Force Force India. Oh, my God yeah (laughs) so he did it actually and in brazil which is crazy which we'll talk about his win but like that's a so full circle moment for him so he did brazil and abu dhabi wow good for george right jumping to 2018 george is one of the two mercedes f1 reserve drivers and he's competing in f2 and he won the f2 championship A championship in his first season and he beat he won in Abu Dhabi to steal a championship title for himself and who came in second was Lando Norris Mr. Lando (laughs) Mr. Lando so all the rookies were apart to get well uh, yeah I guess that makes sense but it's still crazy to me that they all grown up together (laughs) yeah yeah it's wild it's so funny like all the the racing world is so small yeah the racing world is so small like, so there's strange.
0: actually a picture on, I think it's on Lando Norris's website, of him like receiving a carding prize. And who's next to him but Nikita Mazepin.
1: <laughs> I didn't, I don't think I've seen that photo. I was like, oh my God. Oh, okay. <laughs> Crazy. That's hilarious that it's still up there, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, because of his stellar performance in 2019, he was signed to Williams with a multi year deal. His teammate at the time was Robert Kubeksa. Kubitza, yeah. Kubeksa. <laughs> we're working on the pronunciation. We got I'm them. trying so hard. I even practiced, and that just says how <laughs> awful I am at pronunciation. I'm so sorry. <sighs> so it was a very tough season for Williams in 2019. They were by far the slowest car on the grid, But George did well and outperformed his teammate, um, never to be outqualified in the 21 races of that season. He was the only driver that did not get points that season. But that makes me have hope for Logan. Yeah. Like, look at George and look at where he is now. Right? He had no points in his rookie season, and he's now a Mercedes driver who's won a race. And Logan's already ahead of him. Logan already has points in his rookie season. He's got a point. So I think that it's a good sign. Mm -hmm. 2020 season. So he's now actually teamed up with F1 rookie and XF2 rival of George, Nicholas Latifi. Ah, Nikki. (laughs) We love you. The GOAT. Um, So George was regularly seen in Q2 throughout the season. He also actually had to stand in for Mercedes at one point in the season because Lewis was diagnosed with COVID. So George raced alongside Valtteri for Mercedes and Sekir. George proved that all he needed really was a good car by qualifying P2 by tenths of a second behind Valtteri. It It was really good. And, sadly with a he had a really good start he was actually leading the race at one point but a pit stop error kind of hindered his race so the first pit stop error was uh Valtteri's front tires were put on his car so he had to pit one lap later and then he actually picked up a puncture forcing him to pit again for a change of tires even with all of that what were you gonna say I was Mercedes low
0: fly under the radar, not great pit stop performers either.
1: Ferrari gets all the heat,
0: but Ferrari what about all the
1: heat for everybody else? Uh, but even with all of that craziness, George ended up P nine. It's pretty, pretty solid, yeah, yeah. So that's the really the end of the twenty twenty season. So going into twenty twenty one. That's really where the Mercedes rumor starts because of how well he did in the Mercedes car when he filled in for Lewis. Everyone was wondering if they were actually going to switch Valtteri and George. All these crazy rumors were happening, but George did race for Williams in 2021. Once again, he appeared consistently in Q2 and even qualified P8 during Silverstone for one of their sprint races. And he scored his first points at Williams after finishing eighth in Hungary. So that's where the iconic kind of him crying in the press pen comes from. Which it's so sweet. I love it. Very sweet. And in 2021 at the Belgian Grand Prix, he qualified P2. So he's he's a qualifying king. And he scored points for Williams on two other occasions in the season. And after months and months of rumors and speculation, it was announced that George would be moving to Mercedes and Valtteri would be leaving the team. So we get to 2022. Kind of this holy land, skies opened up, Ah, like George is supposed to be having like the time of his life. Yep. But we all know that the W13 obviously had a lot of issues, mostly yeah. the porpoising issue was was quite evident. So the team actually fell behind Red Bull and Ferrari. George got a podium at the third race, I believe, in Australia, and then continued to finish within points during the beginning of the season. He won his first race in Brazil and absolutely dominated that weekend, also winning the sprint race the day before. And he finished fourth in the driver's championship at the end of that year. So where George is now, he's currently eighth in the driver's championship Chip, and as we kind of talked about before he was appointed the director of the grand prix drivers association in 2021 and still serves as that to this day so he was i mean only a couple years in he was the director of the drivers union pretty much it doesn't surprise me that he was appointed that he seems like the type I don't know. He, t- he probably I could see him making posters and like little buttons for yeah. it.
0: <laughs> like he'd be the class president if we were all in school together.
1: Oh, 100%. <laughs> um
0: but yeah, very exciting. It's it is wild when you think about the timing of like how George must have felt, like he felt like this was he was fine, he was getting his chance with like a race winning car. Yeah. And he starts the season and it's Mercedes like worst car in like how, who knows how long. Yeah. Yes.
1: Ugh. So that, that definitely, it had to have been so hard for him. Um, but he, he's doing well. He won a race. I think that that, that says everything. He, I was, I really liked getting to know more about George. Are you pro you're, you're, you're a George fan now?
0: I do really like his color schemes. <laughs> I,
1: will
0: say that. I really appreciate, I think more teams should do what Mercedes does where they have the different helmets and the gloves and the numbers on the car be the different color. Cause it's so much easier to tell
1: who it is. Oh, a hundred percent. I love that they do that. Yeah. It's and the colors that Lewis and George have are top tier. They mm-hmm. look so good. Beautiful.
0: Um, all right. Well, Shall we round it out with Mr. Lando Norris? Lando. Lando. So sources for for Lando. Racing through News365.com. (laughs) LandoNorris.com. And Motorsport.com.
1: Okay. You added one. Good, good, Mm -hmm. good.
0: Um, So Lando started um, karting in 2008 at the age of seven with his older brother, Oliver. Um, So Oliver had been karting and Lando started started joining him. Um, And his dad has said, like, it became very clear pretty quickly that Lando had this, like, natural talent for driving. Um, So this continues. Um, In 2009, he got pole at his first ever national karting event and is still the youngest driver to date to get pole at a national karting event.
1: Oh my god, go
0: though. Yeah. yeah, started off strong. Yeah. Um, in 2012, he was racing in the Minimax karting series. Um, and he also is the was the winner of the Formula Kart Stars series and the runner-up in the MSA Super 1 British Championship. The other crazy thing is all the series that they race in at the same time. I'm like, how do you keep track of all of this? Yeah. Because Their in- schedules
1: two must be insane.
0: Yeah. In 2013, he won the C-I-K-F-I-A European KFJ series. <laughs> <Sorry>. the- <laughs> there are more. There are more. He also- <laughs> He also won the WSK Euro Series KFJ series. Um, And he was also the champion of the CIK FIA KFJ Super Cup.
1: It sounds like you're saying radio stations.
0: Literally. Like I sound like I'm like coding. Um, So
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Really strong ear. Um, then we get to 2014, Lando moves up to KF, which is the senior carding category, mm-hmm. um, and he wins the CIK FIA KF World Championship, the youngest to do so at 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then just after that, in 2015, he then moves into single-seaters, into cars, um, and races in British F4 and wins the British F4 Championship. 2016, um, he had a very busy year. This is what I mean when I say the multiple series. He won the Renault 2.0 Euro Cup. He won the Renault 2.0 NEC. And he won the Toyota Racing Series, series, making this, 2016, Lando's most successful year so far. That's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like all of that travel, how is there not conflicts? Do you have to miss certain races from? Yeah, I would love to know more about that. Yeah, if anybody knows, if anybody like does racing or participates in it in multiple series at a time, how does that work? Yeah. Also, We'd how do you keep know.
1: your sanity? Are you tired? Yeah. When do you sleep? When do you sleep? We've Are you adjusted to any time zone?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then 2017, um, Lando races in F3, and he is the youngest winner of the FIA F3
1: championship. 2000. Uh, 2000- he was young when he... Yeah. He's just been really young, like, kind of playing with the older right. kids. That's always Be- been, like, his
0: story. Because he came up through with, like, George and Alex, but he's yeah. younger than them. Because yeah. George and Alex, I think, are, what are they now, like, 26, 27? I think they're your age So they're like 25. Yeah. And Lando was born in 1999. So Lando's like a year younger. Oh, a year younger. Yeah. Yeah. So not that much younger, but still younger. Yeah. In 2018, he races in Formula 2 and he also joins um, and becomes McLaren's test and reserve driver at this time. Um, And he finishes second in the Formula 2 championship to none other than Mr. George Russell. (laughs)
1: George Russell.
0: Um, so then we get to 2018. He joins Formula One. His teammate is Carlos Sainz. And he scores his first points in his second race. He got sixth at Bahrain.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. Um, and he finishes the season 11th in the Drivers' Championship. Yeah. Then we get to 2020. Um, he gets his first po- podium in Formula One in Austria. And he finishes ninth in the championship helping McLaren to a third place finish in the constructors championship, their best finish since 2012.
1: We're coming slow, (laughs) but steady, (laughs) you know, we're trying, Uh,
0: we'll see. I mean, the turnaround they've had this year. Um, but then we get to 2021, very successful year for Lando. He had four podiums at Imola, Monaco, Austria, and Monza. Um, the Imola or the Monza one being the McLaren one, two, um, famous McLaren one, two with Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, he had a shoey podium, shoey podium. Shoo-y um, podium. he also got his first pull in Formula One at the Russian Grand Prix. Um, signs a contract extension with McLaren until 2025 in this year and finishes sixth in the Drivers' Championship. Busy,
1: he yeah, his contract still. It's like long, isn't it? It's still it's like 2025. 20, 2025. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Like I said. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I literally just said it. <laughs> I was thinking about the Monza podium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my boogers. gosh. Oh
0: my gosh. Um, but then we get to 2022. Yeah. Um, not as, you know, successful, I guess you could say, of a year. Um, but uh, with only one podium, he finishes on the podium in Imola. But he does still finish seventh in the championship. So still a solid year performance-wise, yeah. just not as much in terms of trophies, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to 2023 with a extremely difficult start to the season for Lando <laughs> and for McLaren.
1: Um, That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. P-19s we were, were common. Yeah, when we got like P, there was a time where we got a P12 and I was so excited. (laughs) Um, But the turnaround
0: this team has had has been unreal Um, with last four, last five races in a row with podiums for the team. Yeah, the sprint
1: throws me off. I don't know if those count. I don't think so. No, I don't think they count. But I think it's four for Lando. Yeah. Yeah so yeah incredible three double pot
0: two double podiums Mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah that's that's where we're at with mr lando norris no race wins yet but i'm sure it's coming i'm sure you know he said that it's not going to happen this year i i hate to
1: maybe agree with that but it'll happen it will happen um i would love it to just happen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like it's going to be one of those things where it happens and then he's going it, to going to shell him out a little bit. As soon as he has a car that can do that, I think yeah. it'll be
0: rapid succession. So, we will see. But, yeah. That is all we have for you. I hope you have a lovely, lovely week. We'll talk to you after Mexico. We'll see. Maybe Lando will win in Mexico and then we'll look like dummies. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but... Have a fabulous week. Love you. Bye. Bye guys.